As many of you know, we've been working on a book for the last two years. It is finally done. We hope you enjoy it. Go to www.uncommonwealth.com and click on resources. And underneath the resources tab, it'll be a book where you can buy your own. We hope you enjoy it and hope it helps you get down your uncommon path yourself. Thanks. Everyone dreams about living an uncommon life, but how we define that dream is very different for each of us. And for most, it's a lifelong pursuit. Welcome to the Uncommon Life Project Podcast. We're going to introduce you to people who are living that life or enjoying the journey to get there. We're going to also give you some tools, tricks, and tips for starting or accelerating your own efforts to live an uncommon life, a life worth celebrating and savoring. Please welcome your hosts, Brian Dewhurst and Philip Ramsey. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Uncommon Life Project, where I'm your host, Philip Ramsey. And I am Brian Dewhurst. I can't wait to get in this one. It's been a good time. Thank you for joining us. Uh, man, we have got the guy, the myth, the legend, Craig Landis with us today. Uh, I'm going to let Brian do the bio and I'm going to tell you why I'm so freaking excited about this guy. All right. We have... Craig Landis. He has been writing and public speaking for over 20 years. His business, Words Beyond Content, specializes in helping clients deliver compelling ideas through blog posts, news articles, ebooks, and full length books. Craig's writing has appeared in Fast Company, Forbes, Entrepreneur, Inman News, and many other information idea platforms. You've probably read his content. When he's not writing, he enjoys time with his family, travel, hiking, kayaking, and being a microbrewery snob. Welcome to the show, Craig Landis. Oh, man. Let's go. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I feel like we should slow clap you in or something. We definitely need to get a mixing board with the slow clap. Where <laughs> <laughs> it could just be starting when you start doing the bio. There you oh, go. So good. Craig, man, thanks for being here. Thanks for Thank all you. you've done. This is why I'm excited. I'm just going to say it. Craig has been the guy behind Brian and Philip writing our content. Uh, we give him outlines and then he kind of ghost writes them for our website. We have over 250 articles, I believe at this point. Mm -hmm. Craig has been probably the main reason why we've done those because there's no way Brian and I have time for that, but he does <laughs> such a good job. You do such a good job, man, uh, is just kind of articulating our thoughts. So thank you for that. That's the first thing. All right. The second thing I want to say is Brian and I wrote a book. I should say Brian and I and Craig wrote a book. <laughs> because, we delved into the ghostwriter world. Oh, so <laughs> let's talk about ghostwriting in and of itself at first. And how sure. did you get into it? But I want everybody on the uh, listening to this to know that Craig is the, probably the main reason why we have a book now, because he did all the ghostwriting for us. And we actually put Craig's name in the beginning of our book, mm -hmm. thanking him for all he's done. Yeah. Like there is no, like we pull the veil off of this thing. <laughs> Craig is the reason why. Well, we and I book. think the other reason why we pull the veil off is because we want other entrepreneurs to know, you know, some of the tricks of the trade that like you can do some sure. of these things, but you know, you got to leverage other people's uh, expertise. Philip and I's expertise is not writing. I will say that. Let so. me tell you this. Brian and I tried to write a book once. <laughs> Brian did uh, Google Translate or what did you do? I did uh, like a transcription service of oh, yeah. all my thoughts while I was driving. Yeah. And so he comes to me and he was like, Philip, I wrote the book. It's all done. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like that's a efficient use of time. And so I opened this transcript up and I'm telling you the first sentence 
I was like, we have not written a book. Right. <laughs> I don't know. It was basically what, a compilation uh, of Brian's thoughts while he was driving. And yeah. I would say those those thoughts were like uh, underwater because half of them weren't translated even correctly. Right. So um, <laughs> it was a bit lost in translation. Sure. A little bit. <laughs> I say that because what you do is super valuable and I'm grateful that you're using the way that God's created you to help and impact others. You've done that for us. Uh, you should probably talk since you're the guest sure. and I'm just like gushing over you, <laughs> but uh, well, go for gosh. it, man. Yeah. Well, I, I just appreciate that introduction and um, I mean, appreciate you guys so much and what, and your strengths. Um, and I guess for me, um, yeah, it, it's been a journey to uh, to kind of embrace the gifts that God has given me and and to to use them to the fullest. And I'm still on that path. Uh, but um, I started this current iteration of what I'm doing about three years ago, and it's been super super exciting. And um, yeah, I'm. I want to hear how you started down this. Where were you first? Were mm-hmm. you like so three years ago, four years ago? Obviously, you knew you were gifted at writing, but where were you before sure. you started to go down this uncommon path? Um, well, I'll start. Uh, I mean, I'll I'll start at the very beginning, <laughs> which is a number of years ago. So I was trained um, after college. Um, well, I started. I worked in New York City for a year and a half in uh, for guideposts books for guidepost magazine. If you've ever heard of that, your grandma probably has guideposts <laughs> in, the, in the bathroom or whatever, but, but, um, so I worked there. So I, um, I worked there for a year and a half and enjoyed that, the editorial work that I was doing. So I had, so I was working with words and I knew I had some strengths there, um, got married. And in the midst of all that, we were living in in New York city. Um, my wife, Tana was having a very different experience than, than I was. Sure. She was, uh, working in a, like a group home for troubled youth. And, uh, wow. anyway, so she had, it, she had a very different experience of New York than the, the publishing world that was in its kind of heyday. And uh, sure. at that time. So anyway, I went to, um, I decided to go to seminary to become a pastor. And wow. so, I don't yeah. know if I knew that about you. So yeah. Yeah. I know. So I was a pastor in the Mennonite church for, uh, I served as in a, in a church for, uh, for 10 years total. And then in the middle of that, I was a communications director for, for a denominational organization. Um, so I've always kind of flip flopped between those two things. And then around t- 2009, I was, I was done being a pastor. It was just not working for me. It was not the right path. And I, and I, that was becoming increasingly clear. Um, but I didn't quite know what to do. I didn't have a, (laughs) that seems like it's tough coming out of being a pastor or pastoral service. Yeah. 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 So that was, so I, I didn't, have the next steps planned out very well. <laughs> right. So, um, we wound up, my wife and I wound up, um, this is the most ridiculous turn we took. Um, we started a brick and mortar, um, like an outdoor recreation business. Cause wow. I wasn't getting enough. Well, it was right at the, 
start of the Great Recession. And sure. marketing, the marketing world, there was no work to be had in marketing, so I couldn't get a foothold there. So we opened up this brick and mortar shop um, as uh, as Amazon was crushing it, <laughs> and sure. so so that was not a great situation. Um, so I spent. Um, you know, another three or four years trying to figure out, um, how to get a foothold in something. Um, I did real estate for a while, which was fun and interesting. Um, I did, I did all right in real estate, but it wasn't really what I wanted to do long-term. Sure. So finally, finally, about a little over three years ago, I started working with, um, a coach, like a business coach and, um, he was awesome. He uh, helped me helped me uh, devise a plan. I was working for uh, selling new homes and new construction, and I wanted to transition out of that. So, um, that was kind of the formulation for Words Beyond Content. Yeah, that was the formulation for Words Beyond nice. Content. And, and instead of trying to be a full service marketing company, which is what I had tried to do before. Um, uh, over and over, I kept hearing people say, oh, you're such a good writer. You're such a good writer. Um, so, so finally, you know, you just embraced I, it. <laughs> I embraced it and said, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to do be, do a marketing company. I'm going to write for other marketing companies and for other on, for entrepreneurs and, and, um, and so Kinda I had to live behind the shadows. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it's been super exciting. Um, I think that's one of the hardest things for entrepreneurs is that initial niche down of like, well, I want to start a marketing firm. I've been around this. I got to be everything to everybody, but that's like really sage advice to say, let's not do that. Let's (laughs) niche down and focus on the part that you really excel at or could excel at. And, and not only that, like how much faster you were probably able to fill up full-time work for yourself being niched down versus trying to sell, you know, the whole kit and caboodle. Exactly. And being stuck in something you don't really want to manage. Right. Right. Well, and the other, I mean, before, before this, I had always tried to figure it out on my own every step of the way and having, I just went to him, I think it was a total of five sessions and he helped me figure out a business plan. And the other thing he did was, uh, that was really crucial. Like he, he said, put a list together of who you would ideally love to work with. Um, yep. and, um, I put in a, a call to my, my moonshot client and she said, Oh yeah, let's get started. And then she, uh, she introduced me to Drew and then who introduced me to you guys. And, and uh, so, uh, so it was, it was, uh, the moonshot client and then word of mouth really really got me. And you stayed in your sweet spot. That's awesome. So let me tell you this, this is kind of a fun story. So when Brian and I first started getting into this, the whole podcast podcast. thing is like, You know, it's it's just unknown. Who knows yeah. what's going to happen? Who's listening to it anyway? <laughs> right. Lord help us all. And so I remember telling Brian, like, as soon as the person that was marketing for us um, 
tells us that we're doing a good job, then I'll be satisfied, mm-hmm. which is his human nature, by the way. So he says like, Hey, you guys are doing a great job. And I'm like, yeah, no, as soon as <laughs> somebody that we don't know reaches out to us that we don't know that has heard the podcast, then I'll be satisfied. Mm-hmm. Craig Landis was that guy. So oh, no kidding. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was, you were the first person and you, you called like two days after was I that said week that. or yeah, yeah. It was something super soon. Wow. And I knew that we had something special that we were encouraging others. Yeah. And so just to be able to sit down, listen to what's going on with you and encourage you down this path has been a joy for Brian and I and seeing where you're at now. Yeah. But man, those things that you did and that coach has helped you with, yeah. niching down, calling those people and starting to get traction has to be like one of the most joyous things of your life now that yeah. you're sitting where you're at. Like, wait, you're paying me for this? <laughs> and it's yeah. valuable to Brian and I because like we can't, like mm. again, going back to the first part of the show, right. we can't do it by ourselves. Right. It was just daunting. daunting. You know, I, I kind of want to take the conversation a little bit just to give a tool to, to our listeners, you know, content is grueling as a business owner and coming up with content. I have a ton of content ideas, but structuring them for other people to understand and writing them and polishing and publishing, that's a whole different deal. Um, and you've been, you know, intricate in that process for us and, you know, writing articles, then led to you've written, I think, seven or eight ebooks for us that are mm-hmm. on our website. And and then obviously that then translated into the first book. And so it was kind of that stepping stone process for me that was freeing to like, I don't need to think about writing a book all at once. I don't even need to really think about writing the whole ebook all at once. Yep. And so we kind of started batching articles into just groups of five on one topic. Right. And then it really became 10 to 15 and then those translated into ebooks and yeah. then that was really the genesis for the book uh, a big portion of the book and so right. mm-hmm. what what helper you know tool or i don't know what you want to call it would you kind of share with other business owners and entrepreneurs in terms of hey you've started a business you want to start communicating with your clients you want to educate them you want to create content um you know, what advice would you give to them in terms of getting started and organizing their thoughts? Um, sure. It's, it's interesting cause, um, all my clients do it in a little bit different way, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I would say, um, to, yeah, just, you don't have to have your ideas fleshed out. Um, just, ha- just put a few topics together Um, and this is some good advice that I heard recently before you, um, like if you're wanting to launch a content aspect of uh, like, of how you help people through your business, um, before you hit publish, get, you know, two or three months worth of content pulled together ahead of time. So, um, start to fill. So I'd say, uh, number one, um, start with an idea and get somebody to help you that has that skill set to, to flesh out those ideas. Um, and, and then to be sure to have a pipeline of content that, so you're not just publishing, you know, so, so you don't have that, uh, 
I kind of think about it like the the dog racing where the rabbit is going around. Oh, like sure. you don't yeah. want the rabbit to come around and hit you in the butt. <laughs> right. And right. that's I think what you're saying. You gotta have three months locked and loaded mm. because yeah. life's gonna happen and you don't wanna keep like, oh god, I gotta get a deadline. Oh yeah, man, exactly. there's nothing on my I'm not posting again and right. that kind of creates its own vicious cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the process that we went through uh, writing the Uncommonwealth, You're Your Best Asset, Invest in Yourself book. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great. Brian and I sat down and we talked about what are the main topics that we want to talk about. Basically, mind map, yeah. chapters, mind map. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we wrote down underneath each one of those, I think there's like 11 or something, what chapters would look and then like main, main themes of said chapter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe main like points that we wanted to make of those main themes. And it just started kind of bullet point out. That's what we gave Craig. Yeah. Then Craig would write it and then send it back to us. Brian and I would read it and be like, Oh, we would change this, this and that mm-hmm. we'd change this, this and that. Right. By the end of it, we got a book and it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's funny because I hated English as a kid. I mean, I hated it. And it's, it's interesting because my kids, you know, obviously I have three kids now and, and uh, one of them is just like, I hate English. I'm like, dude, I totally understand that. I totally know where you're at. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, you know, writing the book, it was so, it was just like, oh my gosh, you know, it really was just an outline. I mean, that's really what we gave you. Right. And it was pretty detailed, but, and then you brought it to life. You know, that was, that was really the core of the deal. Yeah. So I, I feel like this process was super collaborative, um, in that, you know, you came with an outline, I fleshed it out. Um, and there was, I feel like we really, I mean, I started at ghostwriting, but I feel like we, we co-wrote it at at this point with back and forth and back and forth. And, and, um, you know, you have the knowledge, you have the expertise, um, and I have the wordsmithing and, and, uh, you know, between that back and forth, we really, uh, came up with yeah. something. And that's ultimately why we wanted your name in the book, Absolutely. you know, cause it was such a collaborative process and, um, you know, we were so proud of that, that not only the work, but just the partnership. I got a yeah. question for you. Sure. Is it ever frustrating? Like you do ghostwriting and then you <laughs> don't get any recognition. Like, is that ever thought? of yours maybe it's well, just mine i mean like no, come on guys really no. i mean yes and no it's been but it it's a little like i've i've um written some things that you know get into entrepreneur or, or forbes or whatever and somebody else's name is on, on it which is that's a little frustrating but on the other side it um i guess there's two things i want to say um the the work that I do um, writing blog posts and writing you know shorter form things um, I only have a, a so much time in my life to I only have so much time to do all that stuff um, so one of the things that's been exciting about writing a book with with you guys has been to uh, to be able to take my limited time to the next level because, um, book writing is, is more financially rewarding than, than, uh, than just, you know, piece by piece, hoping I have enough, uh, you know, blog posts in a month to, to, uh, to put things together. So that's been exciting to have, uh, um, 
a way to expand my business from, from the more short form to the long form. And whether my name gets on the cover or, you know, in the book somewhere, I mean, I really appreciate that because, because yeah, it was a collaboration and, um, but you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna not sign a contract over that, over that. Yeah. But the other thing that has happened is the, the, um, ghostwriting that I've been doing has allowed me, you know, a base, a base salary enough that I can start doing my own writing. So mm -hmm. I've got two book projects of my own in the works that I'm, nice. I'm super excited yeah. about. So what do you yeah. write about Craig? What does Craig write about <laughs> when he's not ghostwriting for Philip and Brian? What are they about? Well, it's a little wonky, I think, but I, um, I just have nagging. Billy dilly. <laughs> Welcome to uncommon life. There you Billy go. Yeah. <laughs> I have these questions that nag at me and I was in college. I was a humanities major with, uh, so I focused on English and history was in there too. Um, so I have a lot of like historical perspective questions like, so this first book I'm writing is, um, it's the title I'm working on is uh, a brief history of white nonsense. So it's asking the question. Uh, it's at, basically, I started with what, what the heck is going on right now <laughs> with, uh, um, you know, the, in, in the U S people of color are, are unhappy. There's a segment of white people that are, that are expressing a lot of frustration. What's behind that? So I'm, I wanted to write a very short book. So it's going to be a hundred pages or less about, um, the 1400s to now and the through lines between, uh, and it's, and I call it white nonsense. It's the, the whole idea of, uh, colonialism, um, how, how white people got here and the experience, especially of African-Americans and, uh, native Americans in that whole mix. And so, so anyway, I saw, uh, a space that was needed. Like I've read history books. I read a Doris Kearns Goodwin book about the Roosevelt's that it's like, 800 pages and it took me three years to reread it. So, wow. so what I'm looking to do is, uh, explore these kind of, uh, history bites and history bites.com was taken. So I, I can't use, use that, but these, uh, these, um, historical things that, that we should all have a common understanding of and, and, uh, distill those into something very brief that people can, say, Oh, okay. So, um, colonialism happened and slavery happened and the 14th amendment came along and, and it solved some problems, but created some others and, and, uh, mass incarceration and all, all this and, uh, reservations and all of this stuff that, that, uh, so to answer wrong, the question, I'm, it started with the question, what the heck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> right. And, right. uh, so, so that's book one. And the other thing, the other book I'm working on is uh, kind of related. It's kind of in your guys field. Um, one of the, it seems like people 
in terms of uh, the uh, economic uh, situation, harken back to this time when when uh, it was easier for the middle class. So I'm, uh, the next book is kind of an exploration of kind of the invention of the middle class, the the explosion of the middle class in the post-war era um, and what's happening with the middle class today. And the uh, explosion to the demise of the yes, middle class. Exactly, it seems like, exactly. I mean, Brian says this a lot is like the middle class is starting to evaporate here. Like yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I wanted to look at the, it seems like there was, uh, and this is back to the Doris Kearns Goodwin book um, about the Roosevelt's. There was this, um, between Roosevelt and Eisenhower, there were they between you know liberal and conservative or whatever. There was this detente that that between the forties and you know early seventies, they were something got figured out. And I look at um, one of the things that really strikes me is my brother's father-in-law. He's like, this is the story that kind of hooked me into this topic. He worked at Ford. He became like a, a manager on the on the uh, shop floor or whatever. Um, and he had a nice, he had a good life. They they had a, a, a second home on a lake that he they eventually moved into and made that their full time home. They they so he worked at Ford for years and years, had a good life. That's that life is less and less accessible to, to, uh, fewer and fewer people. So you're right. You're right. Okay. So let's do this. I would love to know the biggest obstacle that you've had to overcome since three years ago, since you went over and down this path. Cause mm -hmm. I think that's helpful for the people. For sure. And like the reason why we did this podcast, quite frankly, is one, we love to empower people with the giftings that they have to use their own finances to then invest in themselves yeah. and then get to where they want to go. Here's the deal that's fun for me is at the end of it, if we do it right, it's not about the money. It's like, I just love what I do every day, which obviously you're there. Yeah. And so we did this podcast to try to help people and try to encourage them to start going down this path, whatever that means to them, whether it's just start a blog or start <laughs> doing whatever, uh, right. just start and do it in, in a way that's you feel comfortable with. Like, don't quit your job a hundred percent if you're not comfortable with that, but do it in a way. So what is the, uh, what is the biggest obstacles you had to overcome to get to where you're at and just talk a little bit about that. Sure. Um, I think the biggest obstacle has been, um, how to transition from freelance freelancer to, to entrepreneur. So that the, those quadrants in, uh, uh, What's Cash his name? Quadrant. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So Robert going from you know owning a taco truck to owning a fleet of taco trucks, you know that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, but it's what's been exciting, and again, the freelancing has allowed me the time and energy to think bigger about um, about how um, how I can use my time and create other sources of income. Um, um, through my own books, through, I've got, I want to do some, uh, real estate investing, that kind of thing. Um, so, but yeah, the obstacle, um, 
I'm still, that's a work in progress. The, the books aren't out yet. Um, so I'm still, I'm still in that quadrant of, of owning the one taco truck. <laughs> but, sure. but, um, sure. but cause how do you scale something that you have to do yeah, every day, day exactly. in and day out? That's exactly. a huge problem. Right. Yeah. Brian, I could relate to. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I think every self-employed person, you know, can relate to, to that. And yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, do you stay self-employed or do you start to own a business and, you know, replicate yourself? And yeah. So, well, and that's the other thing I, I, I'm not there yet. And I don't know if I want to like hire other people. I don't think I want to go down that road. Um, I've also been really influenced by, um, Brian Clark, who, um, who yeah, does it with the unemployables? Pod- yeah, unemployable. Right. He does a podcast called Seven Figure Small and how to how to build a build a viable um, business that you're not going crazy with, but that that you know earns uh, earns a good living for you. So yeah. Yeah, I heard this once from a mentor and there was a construction guy and he had like, you know, a four man crew and he made X and then he grew and had a 14 person crew, but still only made X and then grew and had a 40 man crew, but still (laughs) only made X and got to the end of the 40 man crew and is like, why did I do this? And I think that is the conundrum of the entrepreneur, you know, of I'm not going to. I'm going to regret it if I don't go for this, but in the end it might not be what you thought it was going to be. (laughs) And then how do you hold on to more of the money along the way and, you know, turn that into passive residual income, uh, is definitely a challenge. Well, and that's what excites like the, and this is too bad, but like meeting you guys and getting connected with you guys was a revelation in that area. Like, my whole life I was like, well, you, you do a job and, and you hope to save and, and you hope you have enough in your, your, my IRAs to, to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But so, um, as, so you guys kind of reaching people as, as young as possible with the message of no, you gotta, it, it's better to, uh, you know, do have a full-time job. That's great. But, but figure out those residual sources and get those, yeah. th- those, uh, those plates spinning as soon as you can. Cause, cause, uh, that, that job working for somebody else may go away. Oh and, man. And if you're right, if you're an entrepreneur doing one thing, yeah, you, you can, you're helping other people. You're paying other people's salary. So you might stay at X no matter how, how big you grow. Right. And I think, you know, that's where I think in the current school system environment, I struggle is, you know, there is such a pressure to go to college and then go work for someone. And I think that worked, you know, largely from the fifties to the two thousands, but you know, with, with the way things are shifting, technology, robots, AI, yeah. COVID, uh, you know, I don't know that that recipe is going to be the the thing for the next 50 years. Right. And so the other thing that's always fascinated me is, 
you know, doing this, like you've made this transition as an adult and you got wife, kids, mortgage. It's hard. It really yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Now, you know more because you've experienced more. <laughs> so you have that is yeah. the other, you know, double edge to that sword. But, you know, trying to start something when you're young and you don't have those things. Right. I think that should be more <clears throat> of the normal of the of the plan A. And then you could always fall back on if you work hard and you figure out what you're passionate about. You could always go work for somebody yeah. and do that. But the the idea that getting a job and and going to college is is the only recipe for ninety percent of the country, you know, I just don't Let think me, that's going to be the path forward. Yeah, I'm going to push yeah. back on this. I'm just going to be like, you're stupid, because that's what some of our listeners are saying. Like, don't tell my kids not to go to college, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. Well, Here's the deal, though. You well, tell ahead. me if you're an employer and a business owner, because these all these people that own businesses. Let me tell you a secret. They're individuals that has had to gone through a lot. Yeah. You tell me who you would hire. Right. Some kid straight out of college who knows how much beer he can drink before he's intoxicated. Hmm. Or somebody who's like, hey, I ran a business for a year and a half. This is what I learned. This is what I actually felt like sank my business. And this is what I'm looking for. You tell me who you'd hire. Those yeah. people who are saying like, don't tell my kid not to do right. You tell me who you'd hire you would hire that individual who just ran a business, I yeah. think. Right. Yes. Well, and, and kids and entrepreneurs, let me tell you, <laughs> kids, and, kids and business owners who are hiring, let me tell you, crashing and burning in your 40s is not something you want to experience. Right. right. Um, I just remember coming to you guys the first time and, and just – it was like broken. What, what broken. the hell just happened? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. It's the visual of, uh, I don't know if we can talk about this. I can't remember in the cancel culture, but Humpty Dumpty who fell <laughs> off a wall and had to get put back together. You're, you're saying like, you don't want to go through that in your mid thirties and forties. Oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Let me tell you a quick story. I, I'm at this, I love my church and there was a guy named Sheldon Spears who came and he was like, Hey, help me. I'm just coming out of community college. I have an idea. What should I do? And I was like, brother, go after it. Yeah. Anyway, he just called me or texted me, I'd say two months ago or something. And just said, he just got his biggest contract. That contract will be taking him out of the workforce and making him run hundred percent at the mm. business he's in. Like wow. awesome. you can't tell me that that's not in- impactful. Like yeah. it's other, so cool. The other thing about this is, you know, and kind of like what you're saying with some of the books you're writing, it sounds great to have a $15 minimum wage and all of that, but what it's really doing, all these rules and regulations, it's really forcing business owners to just hire contract employees. And especially yeah. when you look at the trends uh, of the millennials and the younger generations, you know, the biggest employee benefit they want is time freedom. You know, they want to be able to like do their job from a beach or, you know, a van, <laughs> yeah. you know, in a national park. And just get the work done. And so a lot of this stuff that we're talking about, you know, politically or economically, like it's hurting people's ability to have jobs and for business owners to hire people. And so, you know, largely, you know, it's being done through contract work. And so then all those rules get to be avoided. And we're like, we're missing the point, I think, with some of the legislation that's being discussed of how do we really encourage a pro-economic uh, United States? And it's not by more rules and mandates. It's it's with a lot less, right. in my opinion. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, one of the reasons I want to write this book is because um, I'm on the fence about some of those questions and I want to, I want to, yeah. I don't have a formulated answer. Um, and I want to, I want to figure out what was, what was working and how can that translate? Uh, yeah. Now what's, how does that translate now? But like you were saying, this is a way different world than 1950. So how, yeah. what needs to the strength, adapt? The strength of the dollar and the lack of, you know, um, deficit spending in the fifties and sixties to me was a very big part of that era's, you know, it was a 20 year economic boom. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there was just a lot of investment being made and the dollar was really strong and there wasn't a lot of government debt and there wasn't a lot of consumer debt. And, um, you know, that ratio really allowed the expansion of the middle class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, not to, an- not to was... answer your questions of your book or not. <laughs> right. I'm just no, but, the, but there was also the, there was also the, the social safety net that was in that. So I wonder how those interplay with each other. That's my, yeah. that's what we I'm... should do a podcast on that topic. I'd love to do that by the way. Yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah. an economics major, so right. let me, well, yeah. <laughs> let's, where are you going and how can our listeners find you and interact with you, Craig? And then I want to land the plane cause I have four main points that you said that I think are really good. So mm-hmm. cool. hot rod. So, uh, people can reach me at, uh, words beyond Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm available for, um, you're open for business. Open for business, absolutely. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited to uh, to uh, work with people who are are looking to uh, uh, share their thoughts. Uh, but you know, writing isn't their isn't both isn't their strong suit, or they just don't have time. That's right on my my website. Um, you know, we're all time deprived, and we don't and nobody cares what you have to say unless it's compelling and. Uh, uh, so that's what I try to do is write compelling content, uh, for people who don't have time to, to get to it themselves. Nice. Perfect. Okay. Here's my four takeaways. I th- I'd say three and then one bonus that you just, said. <laughs> um, and then Brian, you can close it out. Uh, but here's my four takeaways, uh, niche down. Mm-hmm. First thing that you have to do is niche down so you can find the perfect client type or patient type for you mm-hmm. and your gifting. That's the first thing. And I think you did that great. Um, list out some potential clients, some people who are like dreamers to schemers to like <laughs> never going to happen, but let's try it anyway. I yeah. think that's smart. Um, and you did that well. And the first person you called said, green light, go. So you knew you had something special. Yeah. Um, and then surround yourself with people who are going to encourage you. You talked about the coaches. You mm-hmm. talked about like you and Brian and I were helpful in that quest, but mm-hmm. helping somebody or, or reaching out to somebody that's going to kind of see you through the forest and the trees. Like this is where you're going. This is how I think I see potential in you. I love my favorite definition of a mentor is a person that sees more in you than you see in yourself and is yeah. willing to prove it to you. Mm reach out, get a community, have it help you walk through that. It's powerful. The last one that I would say, my bonus, Jerry, (laughs) is uh, do like, if you have a question, do your own research. Like don't be influenced by other people's opinions. And that is so like, that is words of wisdom right now is like, do your own research Mm -hmm. in anything. 
And up, we got a fifth one. Don't think that you have to be stuck in your career. Mm -hmm. Um, You did it at a later age, Mm -hmm. uh, but what a awesome journey you've been on. (laughs) And it's been fun to watch your success moving forward. And so I can't thank you enough for just the investment in time and using your expertise to help our business get to where it's at. And I'm excited to see where you're going in the future. So that's what I got. All right. Awesome. Kudos to you. It was really fun, fun conversation. Uh, you guys are awesome and, uh, appreciate it. Well, thank you, Craig. Thanks for joining us today and all that you do for us. And, uh, this has been your show, the uncommon life project. And I'm your host, Brian Dewhurst. And I'm Philip Ramsey until next time. Go be uncommon. Thanks everybody. Bye-bye. That's all for this episode of the uncommon life project. Brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit UncommonWealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.